Welcome to Straight Talk with NDFB. I am Emery and I'm here with Ezra. And today we interview Trisha Hubner. Trisha is the vice president and head of coaching with eMyth. She has worked with eMyth for over 20 years, helping businesses develop systems and strategies to thrive and for business owners to live the lives they want. She's coached more than 200 business owners, consulted with corporate clients, including American Express, Thrivent Financial, and Ace Hardware, along with others, and to train their networks of independent business owners and franchises. She's also worked closely with the U.S. Small Business Administration, creating an e-myth business development training program that's been delivered by mentors nationwide. She's also led over 3,000 leadership and entrepreneurial management workshops and has helped thousands of business owners learn and apply the e-myth approach. We really enjoyed our conversation with Trisha today, and we are excited to share this episode with you. So, Trisha, what is e-myth? <laughs> what is e-myth? So, e-myth, it stands for the entrepreneurial myth. So, that's what the E stands for. And, of course, the myth is that most people that start businesses are in fact, you know, true entrepreneurs that start the business in a certain way with a certain mindset. The myth is that that's not how most people start businesses. Most people start businesses being technicians and proficient in some kind of what we call technical work or expert skill. And because they're experts in that, they decide to open a business that offers that. When you read the book, it actually says that what happens when you start a business from that mindset, this kind of expert technician mindset, the belief and the fatal assumption is just because you know how to do the work of the business, that that's your technical expertise, that you can create a business that does that work. So it's the idea that the same skill set offered by a, an expert and for your audience and, of course, the types of businesses we're talking about today in terms of agriculture and farming and ranching and all of that, it fits right in there because that's maybe a generational skill that everybody grows up with knowing how to do a lot of the technical work, right, of farming or whatever and um, thinking, oh, well, that'll, that'll be enough for me to build a successful agricultural business or a business that is based on, on the farming that we do. So well, that, that that's fantastic. It it was interesting because I was actually reading Emeth, and Emery was like, "Who should we get on for our next podcast?" And I'm like, "Go get these Emeth guys because they really know what they're talking about." <laughs> well, and and Trish, I'm so excited that you're here with us today because, as you mentioned, farmers are really good technicians, yep. and they're really good at what they do. They're good at putting the crop in. Um, they're good at raising cattle. They're, they're probably some of the best in the nation in the, in the technician side, but it's when it comes to when that farmer dies, oftentimes the farm dies with him mm -hmm. and um, it, you see the number of farms getting smaller and the farms themselves getting much larger. Could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your role in Emeth? Um, you grew up in Iowa, is that right? I, I did. I'm, I'm from the Midwest. About first half of my life, I lived in Minnesota 
and the second half in Iowa, very, very much surrounded by farmers and uh, farming businesses, uh, especially in the small town that I was in, uh, in Southwest Iowa, which was called Harlan, Iowa, if anybody knows of it. Uh, so yeah, I feel like um, my, my father was actually peripherally involved. He worked uh, as a sales manager and for a seed corn company. So, you know, he was always a lot of his uh, clientele and people he was working with were farmers. And so I feel like I just, when you guys contacted us and I just, I felt like I just had this feel for what you were, <laughs> what you were challenged by and what, what, you know, so many of um the people that listen to your podcast are are thinking about every day. And Emith is really, it's been adopted um, with ranching and farming businesses. Uh, so it's the kind of the universal principles of how we think about that, that I think just transfer to practically any business that you could find out there, but certainly ranching and farming too. When I read a little bit about you, Trisha, and it sounds like you've worked with some really interesting corporations and, and businesses. Um, I believe I saw that Allstate was in there and Ace Hardware and companies like that. And I think it's really interesting and and maybe a, a paradigm shift that has happened for some and is happening for others to to truly think about their farms as a business mm. and put our our operations and our lifestyle on the platform of of that i think is i think is a really important shift. Right. So no matter in, in the work that I did with some of those larger, what I would say kind of corporate entities, they had underneath them independent networks of whether it was, you know, kind of franchise businesses or um, in the in the case of Allstate, you know, a lot of independent, even though they were under the Allstate brand agency, uh, insurance agency owners that had small agencies, you know, uh, scattered around the country and all this. So everybody who's putting, you know, together, it's like doing some sort of form of commerce, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and producing something, whether it's a, an insurance policy or uh, growing crops and selling food or whatever it might be, it, it all those principles of EMIT apply. And I've been, I've been with them actually, in, next year will be my 20th year. And over the course of that time, I started out as a coach, uh, working with business owners one-on-one, -on -one, taking them through the EMIF process. We have a very specific set of principles and a process that you that help people kind of think about their business uh, differently. Because a lot of times what happens is the business really feels like it's in the person, like the person is the business. And I would imagine that that's so true for, especially for farmers and ranchers, uh, that they've created this thing. They are, like you said, they're the ones out there producing the results of, of their business directly. And so it's really hard to separate yourself from what we, what we try to do is get them to see kind of the business outside of them and that it's made up of all of these elements, you know, and that once you start thinking about that and how each element is done, you know, whether it be uh, management is an element. So, you know, maybe managing contracted help that come in and for a portion of the year, help you do something in your business. So there's always a management system and how you think about working with people. Or I don't know, on family farms, if people even really consider everybody's individual role, like in 
other types of business, you could say, oh, well, we have a marketing person who does all our marketing, or we have a client services person who, you know, meets with client. The roles are a lot more, I guess, obvious in some ways, but it would be interesting to know that even from that perspective, thinking about the different roles inside the farming business and who's in those roles. And then of course, the next thing that Emith talks about a lot is having systems and a way of doing the work so that no matter if someone were there tomorrow and they decided to go do something else, the system wouldn't walk out the door with them, but you kind of have a way of doing that work. And that becomes helpful because then you don't get into this continuous issue of training people up to do something. And then if they change their mind or leave or whatever happens, then it goes away, right? And you're always starting from scratch again. And that's a dynamic that a lot of business owners get into because to take and look at each role and think about that that bit of work and how do we get that work done and see that separately from the person is another one of those elements of e-myth where we really try to get people to kind of have a have a different mindset of how they see their business. I want to back up and I know in your in the book it talks about uh, technician and entrepreneur. I want to say manager is the other one. Yep. That, um, you would got you would you dive into a little bit and maybe just kind of give us a definition or describe each characteristic of mm-hmm. of those individuals? Yeah, and one of the ways I think is is helpful to do this is to compare and contrast them in using three elements: time, money, and work. So if you think about time, money, and work as three critical elements, then you start with, let's take the technician. And how does the technician think about time? Well, the technician thinks about time mostly in the present tense because they're doing the work. It's always now. The work is being done. I'm in the present. I'm getting things done. So when you are predominantly coming from the technician mindset, you're very much just busy, 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 doing it, doing it, doing it, get things done morning to night. Okay. You know, you've, you, that's what the technician loves. <laughs> Think about the entrepreneur in contrast to the technician with time, things about future, things about where the business is going to be at some point in time in the future. And entrepreneurs are so focused on what they're trying to create that they have a hard time staying in the present and doing work, right? They're almost all oriented to thinking big picture, future, where are we going? What's my, you know, in in the industries we're talking about with farming or ranching, you know, maybe what's my next acquisition? Maybe I want to buy another set of acreage and, you know, expand my farm. You know, it's like all vision. So they're very future oriented. And then what's really interesting with regard to time is the manager personality. This is the one that we work with most at Emith when we when clients come to be in our coaching program, what ends up happening is the manager is the one who's kind of struggling between the technician and the entrepreneur. Because once you have your vision of where you're going and where you want to see yourselves, let's say 3 years from today, you want your business to look like this, or you want your production to look like this or whatever, then you've got to, you've got to sit in the middle and the manager lives in the past. They live in the present and they live in the future. So they're always looking at the past because they're concerned about the results. How did we get those results? They're always concerned 
about the present in terms of how the work is getting done and is it getting done. And then they're concerned about the future because everything that they're driving towards in terms of production or efficiency or whatever is to lead the business to a future place. So that's the element of time. Then when you think about money, this is where it gets really interesting. So if you're much more oriented to to kind of technician mindset, money really becomes, again, very present, present time focused. It's all about income. What, what am I making? Um, I work an hour, I make a wage. I work five hours, I make this wage. I do this for a period of time, I generate this in terms of money. And usually it's kind of like income, which is just one element. I mean, it's important because that's usually like what people think about personally, uh, they have to spend <laughs> and their lifestyle and you know that kind of thing. But for a business to just think about the technician with income is very limiting. So let me contrast the entrepreneur who thinks about money very differently. They think about money in terms of equity and in terms of value and what they've created that if they want to sell this business at some point in time, what's the value that's been created? So they don't get as much caught up in that day-to-day, you know, work work an hour, make a dollar kind of thing. They're always, again, future-oriented, looking to the equity that they've built. And then the manager sits in the middle again and is concerned about, of course, um, income and revenue and, and all of that. But they're more interested in profit because at the end of the day, Profit is king in the way, right? Because you're you're spending money, um, you're getting work done, but are you being efficient? Is your production, what are your margins? All the kinds of things that the, the manager really pays attention to so that at the end of the day, the end of the year or month, whatever, you're profitable. So that's just money. And then work is that's different for every kind of business. But again, the technician's just the one there, like you said, you know, getting the crops in, doing the plowing, feeding, uh, whatever all of that work is that goes on, very in the moment, immediate kind of doing work every day. The entrepreneur is much more focused on work is more strategic. They're thinking more about well, maybe, wow, if I partner um, with somebody, that's going to expand or help my business develop and grow in a certain ways. So again, with the business, the kind of work they're doing, they may, they may be doing analysis, analyzing you know, markets. They may be thinking about, wow, if, if I were to plant this instead of that, what's that going to yield? You know, It's very much a different kind of orientation to the work they're doing is much more outward looking and focused on expansion. And then the manager focuses on both. So the work of the manager is both kind of the analysis, how are we doing? Are we efficient in our production? What's going on? But also, what do we need to be doing in the future? How do we shape both the technician work that gets done along with using systems and processes to be more efficient, to get a better profit and and just so the work is everything from being in it to analyzing it to <laughs> helping create a system to get it done better to training people to doing those kinds of activities. That's kind of their work. So you can so, see those personalities, whichever hat you put on, is going to direct what you pay attention to. Yeah, and I, and I know in the in the book it talks a lot about that we all kind of have the ability to put on our different hat. 
But then it's fairly obvious as you were describing those three hats, we'll call them, that individuals will fall very strongly into one, uh, mm-hmm. you know, wearing one hat. I mean, everything you said, I'm like, oh, yeah, yep. You know, <laughs> like, like <laughs> that's the one I can relate to the most. And then, so what do you, what do you tell to the entrepreneur, or the technician that maybe really tends to go pretty hard in one, one direction? What, what do you, what do you tell that person? Like, you know, do you have to work on being better at wearing different hats, bring people in to complement well, those weaknesses? Yes. I mean, in, in a lot of cases, you know, first is kind of know your preference, like know what you're kind of naturally oriented towards. Like you said, well, wow, when I hear entrepreneurial work, wow, that's kind of what I love doing. I, I gravitate towards that. That's what I find myself thinking about. That's so good to know. But then I would say if you're too, I mean, depending upon the size of your operation and and whether you do have other managers or people that can oversee things or whatever, you got to cause yourself to kind of drop into the manager role and be much more attentive to, okay, but what work is getting done? How are we doing that work? Is it profitable? Are we efficient? that kind of stuff. Because the, the entrepreneur, they, they just, they really don't like thinking about those things. They just want to be going to the next big place, right? They just, that's where they love to be. You would say, oh, I think I need to put myself and kind of work with myself to be more in that manager role and be really attentive to maybe some of that work that I don't naturally love to do, but that I know I have to do because you know, maybe you're not in the place where you can hire a foreman or a manager or supervisors or whatever it might be. And so you got to really split your time. And, you know, there's a huge phrase in Emith where we're kind of known for this. We coined it 40 years ago and it's called working on it, not just in it. This is where those three personalities all become really important because the entrepreneur works on it most of the time. They're always thinking about developing the business and where we're going and growing it. The manager works in it and on it. And then the technician just works in it. So if, again, if you're someone that wakes up every day and is just loves to go and just start doing the work and gets caught up hour after hour, day after day, month after month, you know, you're just in that mode. What's happening to the business, what's being compromised is the planning and and the visioning and where are we going and some of that analysis that has to take place in order to say okay if we want to be here at the end of the year or by next year how do we design a plan to get there the technician is not oriented that way they just kind of get up and like to do the work so if you're a technician and your business has been kind of developed around you then what you're going to have to do or what we we would say in terms of working with clients that come in and that is you're going to have to orient to first getting a vision, you know, putting that entrepreneurial hat on and saying, where is it that I'm going? Where do I want to be three years from today? And write that down, develop a picture of it. And then, okay, that may, maybe that's all you do from your entrepreneurial side. You take that hat off and then you say, okay, now I got to put my manager's hat on and say, okay, how are we going to get there? What do I have to do this year? What do I got to do next year? What, you know, and just chunk it down and plan. Using those hats and kind of thinking about how you spend your time is one of the first and best ways to start to wrap your arms around this and, and really shift your perspective. If you were to track your time for a couple of weeks, 
we have our clients do this all the time and nobody likes doing it. It's such a bummer, <laughs> but you know, but at, from a coach, coaching standpoint as a coach, it tells me everything about the business, just in terms of what they say yes to and what they say no to, what they avoid, how much time they're spending doing any given task or work. And then you can get this kind of clarity around, okay, I've got to start moving myself in this direction and spending, you know, at least a couple hours a week working on my business, really doing the things like planning and visioning and building systems and thinking about those things that as a technician, just, just don't occur to me. They just, they're just things that, um, technicians who, who, love just doing the work. That doesn't mean they can't be good business owners, but they just have to, they have to really want to shift a little bit of their perspective in these other two ways. The entrepreneur and the manager have a better time of it because in some ways you can always find technicians to do the work, right? That's the easier to build the organization from the kind of the bottom up. It's much more difficult to find people who are really good at managing and then also envisioning the business and kind of strategizing for it to grow and develop in a certain direction. Sometimes that's a little more challenging. So would you say that it it has to be a conscious decision, at least maybe to get started, to say, Okay, just talking about myself, like Ezra, take off your entrepreneurial hat, you know, and put on your technician hat for this moment in time while you get this project done. And like, kind of like, it's like a a conscious decision that that I'm going to do this to get this done. Yep. Okay. Very much so. And thinking about, you know, the discipline of how you spend your time and looking at your day and your week and your month and really thinking about... So what is that working on it work, you know, whether it's coming up with that plan or creating that spreadsheet to track our costs in a better way, or whether it's going and starting to think about, gosh, if we expand and I forecast out, you know, us being here, could we afford to to hire? And then what does that mean? And, you know, it's a lot of that thinking that just you got to make the time for it. And what we ask clients to do is, this is going to sound a little outrageous and nobody has this kind of time when they first start, but you know, <laughs> spend, spend an hour a day working on it, thinking, planning, kind of just get yourself in the mode. I mean, and if you can't do an hour a day, maybe you just say three hours a week, but you got to schedule that time in. You have to really like put it on your calendar or in your diary and say, okay, I'm going to take myself, (laughs) I'm going to take myself off the tractor. I'm going to take myself out of the wherever, and I'm going to go sit in my office and I'm going to really think about what I need to do to plan for my next, doesn't matter what. I mean, maybe it's my next month or my next quarter, but that it's the breaking kind of those habitual just ways of getting up and just doing what you've always done. I mean, we all have challenges because anytime we're kind of habitually (laughs) developed to kind of just do stuff, we got to be really conscious to break those habits and to try something new. It's so easy to get caught up. Like once you kind of figure out your strengths and your weaknesses, you're like, nope, this is who I am. Well, I just can't do the rest. You know, I find myself doing that all the time. And I'm excited to hear that a lot of what you guys focus on is, is growing those areas of weakness. It's like with anything, the moment you just even become aware of that, it changes it. I, I guarantee you'll, you'll get up tomorrow and you'll think about this and that will cause you to do something different, perhaps. Even the fact that you've thought about it differently. I mean, because it's like 
once we think it, then that drives our behavior, right? So it's really the mindset piece is really, really important. That's when we sort of talk about the entrepreneurial myth. You know, when people say they're a business owner or an entrepreneur because they have their own business, like I said in the beginning, rarely do they really embody the entrepreneurial energy. They didn't really start that business off with the idea that they were going to sell it someday. Because if if you did, then you would create it very differently. You would start from a completely different place and you wouldn't make it dependent on you because then somebody would have to buy you. <laughs> and that's just not going to work, right? So, you know, in the book, there's the, the whole section where it talks about systems and why systems can really help a business and leverage and create more value. And that idea of the franchise prototype. Well, that whole thing came from the idea when, when Michael first wrote about that, he said, you know, what if everybody started their business? Not quite sure works in the industry, you know, um, in the farming and ranching industry in the same way. But what if you started your business knowing that you were going to want to franchise it? That's all he meant is just knowing that you would have to start it very differently. None of it could be people dependent because anything that's people dependent then can't be replicated in another location unless you have a cloning machine and then you can, of course, like, you know, clone <laughs> your people and put them over here and have a second location. But just thinking about it that way, not meaning you're ever going to do it because franchising is just, that's, that's just a certain sort of structural way to expand, but that changes it from the perspective of how you would design your operations. And that's again, what Emith means. It's kind of like this entrepreneurial thinking of where we're going and how do I need to work on my business to accomplish that, to create that prototype that I could then sell to someone else? That probably hits the the weakest nail heads, I would say, for the agricultural industry is because oftentimes these operations are are the person. When the farmer dies, oftentimes the farm dies as well. And uh, one of the issues you see is is that transition to the next generation sometimes doesn't happen or it happens very difficultly or or the children or whoever's coming up aren't aren't interested in carrying on that business and so there's not tons of people right now who are interested in coming back it, it's a huge challenge to to jump into the agricultural sector i would see that building systems would be huge for a lot of these farmers who are looking at wanting to create a business that lasts and wanting to create something that, that can be handed down and continued. What would you say to somebody in that position? Well, I think, you know, a couple of things that you just said are really important. And it's not just farming businesses and children of farmers and that I get this a lot with other businesses too, where that's the parents, you know, uh, it's a fa- it's been a family business, but What's happened is it's been run a certain way and these children have watched what it takes and their parents spend all their time in the business. You know, they don't take vacations or they barely get to take vacations or, you know, their, their time and they, they watch the lifestyle that's associated with that business. And that's what they say they don't want. (laughs) You know, it would be very interesting to see, well, what if you saw an operation that was really well designed and it didn't cost the parents all of their time to, to make it happen, but that that was actually designed in such a way where someone could take it over. That just changes everything. So again, having starting out with a vision and having some 
idea of what you want to create. And if you want to pass that on in your family, bring in, you know, perhaps your children at some point and paint a picture of what it could be like if they had this asset. If it wasn't about just having to, you know, come back and work from dawn to dusk and never take a vacation and, you know, be, <laughs> be kind of like in this, in this mode. And, and, you know, maybe that's because the parents were highly technician and they loved that work and that was part of their enjoyment. But, you know, that's a hard thing for, for someone who doesn't have that, who is more entrepreneurial, who thinks about things from like, how can you create a vision that the farm could take on that you could see it separate from the generation who's running it, you know, from the parents who are running it and what, what potential could it be? And then from that, that's what you got to go to work on because systems are in service to getting the work done, but also in creating this business, this thing that has value. And I would say with, with farming, you know, so the systems that are used to, to run the farm, not always to just produce the product, but the other systems, things like just even your accounting systems, right? Your business systems and the things like that, that people, I, I can imagine there's varying degrees of sophistication with that. And the reason I say that is because I've had a couple million dollar businesses, you know, with people that are having, you know, revenues of a couple million dollars, and they're still kind of running it out of a checkbook, so to speak. You know, they're not really maximizing or understanding their business, and they don't manage it from the numbers. So, you know, kind of looking at the systems that are giving you the reports on your business and those kinds of things. How do you know how to read those? Then there's the systems of getting the work done. Describe for me a little bit when I say systems, what kind of things does that make you think about in terms of running a farm? Just give me a couple of samples so I can elaborate on that. Well, I'd say one is just overall efficiency within maybe your planting operation, you know, because farming seasonal. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it is just, to me, when I think of a system within a farm, it would be your shop, um, mm -hmm. just kind of the general business front of the business. And then it would be how efficient I guess efficiency is what comes to mind when you say uh, systems. And uh -huh. also also feeding cattle, building temporary fence around fields, things like that during the harvest season. A lot of times you'll get, a lot of farms will bring on seasonal work, whether that's H2A or uh -huh. um, people from around the area to help harvest, um, equipment maintenance, all of those things for a farming business would be something that probably could be systematized. If, if right. that's a word. <laughs> yeah, that is a word. It's a word we use a lot. <laughs> um, exactly. Right. So a system is any kind of procedural thing. I mean, how, how work gets done. What do you do first? What do you do second? And really studying that back to the efficiency side of things. How do we do it here? And is that the best way? Well, what if we tried it this way? Or what if we decided we would come out of the field from, you know, not go all the way down and, you know, plow and then have to head back and not be able to be doing anything, but just traveling back. Like, what if we changed, and I'm just, this is off the top of my head, but what if we changed how we routed ourselves and how we went through the, the varying field? And so anything that gets you to think about, wow, so how could I adjust this? And would I get a better result? And part of the discipline there is knowing how you get the results you get right now. So measuring things in terms of time, how much time does it take to do this thing? And if we were to do it differently, 
what would we gain? You know, how much time could we allocate back to something else? And then, of course, training and bringing people on, whether, you know, seasonal help or whatever, I mean, training systems and thinking about what could be created that then doesn't necessarily take people to always start from scratch and retrain people. I mean, you could, can you create videos? Can you do different ways of having people get ready to be brought on to, you know, help you with production? Is there a way to look at that um, that's more efficient? and takes less time or is more thorough. And that means less mistakes are made or things don't have to be done over again if the training is is much more comprehensive or detailed and that you create that from the perspective of, I want to just do this once. So then I have a good training system in place that I can use year after year after year. Those are the types of things that I think, again, because if, if you've been a technician and you kind of habitually come at this and just know how to do it, it's really hard to kind of come out of yourself and like watch yourself almost like, how do I do this thing? How could I teach and train someone else to do it just as good as I can? Because if you can do that, then all of a sudden you can leverage your time for more sort of revenue producing work or spending time thinking about, yeah, do I um, maybe networking or partnering or, you know, kind of, if I'm not having to be there, the one to do that, what does that give me? Maybe I can just go take a little vacation too. (laughs) Maybe I can just go rest (laughs) for a little while. (laughs) But it's just being interested, right? And that's the manager. That's the manager personality who's going to be constantly kind of thinking about how we do it here and could we get a better result if we did it differently? And then of course, how do I get good results over and over consistently with people that I employ or that I hire on to help me. If you're coming from that, I guarantee you you're, and you think about also documenting, that's also big in EMIF because a lot of times, as I said, systems live in people. And then if something happens to the person, you're kind of starting back at square one. So if there's like videos are a great way to show how to do something, and then you've got that, you know, um, to use over and over or coming up with, you know, checklists or things that, okay, this is always the procedure we use. And you got to, you know, go through this very carefully detailed at the end, you sign off at the end of the day, I've done this. And you've got this, this dialed in so that you don't have to worry. Cause I think that's one of the biggest challenges for any business manager, any person out there running a business is will my people do it the way I want them to <laughs> consistently, right? And can I trust? Can I can I walk over here, turn my back and know that things are going to get done the way I want them to? And that's what systems give you. I see on your website you've got a you've got three stages kind of listed. Would you maybe just briefly touch on okay, so I have a business. I'm listening to this. This sounds great. I've identified kind of which hat I tend to wear most of the time. Would you share with our listeners what that next step is? What's what's something I can do today? Like what's an actionable item that I can say, hey, tonight when I get home or right now I can I can start doing this in my business? Yeah, I would say the first thing is where do you want to be? Like, where do you want to be three years from today? I ask this question in every workshop, every training, every speaking event I go to, I ask people to raise their hand if they have a vision for their business and they've written it down and they can tell me three years from today, I want it to be this big. I want to employ this many people. I want to be producing these products or this 
set of services. I want to be in these locations. I want our facility to look like this. I want people to feel this way when they come to the business, you know, and all of that can be extrapolated in, into a farming setting, right? Everything can be created. But it's, it's so interesting because entrepreneurs, that's what they're good at. They always have vision. And so when anybody starts a business or in this case, maybe it inherits, they always in the beginning, they have a vision of what they want to do. I think if you ask anybody to go back, they do. But then what happens is they have that first vision and then it collapses down and it's like, now they just got to start doing the work. And they forget to stop again and say, now what's my vision? Now, where do I want to be? And you'll, you'll notice I keep saying three years and that's purposeful because a vision has to be far enough out so that it's not just a plan. It's not just setting some goals, but it's actually envisioning what do you want your farm or your ranch to look like, feel like, produce, perform like, and write that down so that you have that picture. And this is challenging because a lot of times if you're highly technician oriented, you think, oh my gosh, but I'm doing all the work now and I'm already tapped out. Like I, I can't do more work. And if you're, if the technician, if you have your technician hat on and you try to write a vision, it won't work because the technician just worries about they're already too busy. And when are they going to find the time to do everything else? So the visioning has to be done. But once you have that, then it's amazing because you look at where you are now and where you want to be. And then you start to go to work on it and you start to plan. All right. Well, at the end of year one, what do we have to do? to get us to that next benchmark or that next milestone. And then you design, well, what's that going to take? And what do I need to be thinking about? So the reason I say vision is because everything kind of comes from this picture that you have in your mind of not only who do you want to be as a business owner and what do you want to create, but what does this thing look like? And If you try that first and you just go out three years, you find out most often when people really take that on, they end up accomplishing it before the three years because they're focused and they're thinking about where they're going, not just what they have to do today. So that would be the first thing. That's awesome. That sounds, I mean, I don't know, Trisha, you've been an absolute pleasure to have on the podcast and just, it's been really enjoyable to listen to you talk about the e-myth. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the e-myth vision and <laughs> yeah, all well, that. And, <laughs> and here's, um, a, here's a couple of other things. We have a resource center on our website that you can just go into and there's all sorts of PDF guides or documents that you can print off, download and print off everything from how to document a system, how to hire Uh, what to think about in hiring people, recruiting and hiring. I mean, we've got so many resource guides there that I just would encourage anybody just to go and peruse, you know, just take a look at all the different things there and take advantage of that. Most of those tools come out of our coaching program. They're things that we teach our clients to use and put in their businesses. And then we've just made a a whole bunch of those um, as free downloads. So definitely take advantage of that. That's fantastic. So if somebody is looking to work with you guys and be coached in their business, 
Uh, what does that look like? So we have what we call a free coaching session where they can do a little test drive. And it is really a free coaching session. It's not a, it's not a sales pitch. It's getting on with an EMIF coach and talking about what maybe are some of your key frustrations. Where are you trying to get to you know, with your business? And it's an hour conversation. And that coach will take you through a process of how to think about that and talk about that. And it'll just give you a feel for what a coach can do. A coach is someone who's going to help you outline that vision, know where you're trying to get to, and then go to work on making it happen, holding you accountable, bringing different tools and helping you do certain analysis. And our process is a very step-by-step process, but it's, it's pragmatic. It's real. It's working with your business. It's not academic. It's really taking the business and being in it, but using some of our tools and techniques. And then just, of course, the the Emith perspective to help you start to, to move it in the direction of your vision. So it's just a fun kind of way to get a feel for it. And um, if somebody's really thinking, gosh, I could use that kind of support, that's the best way to kind of test it out. As you're talking here, Trisha, uh, I see Ezra on his phone and it looks like he's already signing up for <laughs> your free sessions. <laughs> um, I think that that would be great. You'll have to let me know if you do how, how it goes. Well, thanks again, Trisha, for visiting with us today and sharing your experience and the agricultural background that you even bring into this and just how this could really serve our farms and ranches out here in, in North Dakota and a and across the U.S. to really start thinking about what they're doing as a business and, and something that they want to be able to hand down and, and share with the next generation. So really appreciate your time and uh, thanks for being on with us. Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity. I'm so happy you guys reached out and had a chance to bring Emith out to all your audience. Yeah, no, that's um, fantastic. I just I just finished filling out the form. I'm <laughs> I'm doing the free session. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thanks again. I, I really appreciate it. So. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. This has been Straight Talk with Emery and Ezra. Stay tuned for next time when we will be talking. Uh, Emery, what are we talking about next time? <laughs> well, you'll have to stay tuned and yeah. find out next time. See ya. See ya.